You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. called you all in here today because it has come to my attention that there's a mole in oneofus.net. Someone inside the organization is a traitor. Right now, you're all the most likely suspects. I don't want to make any quick judgments here. I want to give everybody a shot to prove their innocence, but do be on the lookout for a mole in the agency. Look for someone who's hairy. They're, you know, short of stature. They got a long nose really weak eyesight, really sensitive to light, kind of bad. Wait a minute. I'm. De- oh, shit. I'm describing myself. You know what? Forget <laughs> everything I just said. I'm not the mole. You know, only the real mole would actually interview everyone and see who the real mole yeah, is. That sounds like something a mole would say. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> in case you haven't figured it out. Uh, we're reviewing a spy movie because the only time moles show up outside of cartoons featuring little cute little animals, uh, the only time you're going to see a mole in a movie is a spy movie. And we are here to review All the Old Knives, a brand new film that's on Amazon and getting a limited theatrical release starring Chris Pine and Thandui Newton with uh, supporting roles for Lawrence Fishburne and Jonathan Price. Here to join me are all the old reviewers. Chad. Hi. How dare you, by the way, accuse me of being a mole? That's exactly what I would say if I were the mole. <laughs> and Agent M, Marcos Lira. Ahoy, ahoy. I didn't do it. Wasn't me. And TC. Now, what what exactly do you define as being a traitor? I just want to be clear at what, uh, what I may or may not have done. <laughs> <laughs> TC, if that's even your real name. <laughs> TC, hmm, could be an alias. Those initials could stand for traitorous critic. <gasps> oh. uh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It- I think that's solid evidence right there. Should I give as convincing <laughs> of a I'm not guilty performance as Jonathan Price does when he's interviewed in this movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Uh, I always remember that line from... Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, when one of the guys says, I get nervous talking to cops. He's like, of course you do. You know who doesn't? Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I have to appreciate any movie that sets up its premise so neatly within the first six minutes of the film. I mean, almost the first six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pine plays Henry Pelham, a CIA agent. He invites his uh, former colleague and ex-lover, Celia Harrison, played by Thandue Newton, to a very nice dinner at a posh uh, wine bar. Officially, this is just a fact-finding mission. He's just got to ask her some questions regarding a case they worked eight years prior. It was a hijacking attempt in Vienna. Everything went sideways. Everyone on the plane, including all of the passengers, ended up dead. It was a black mark on the CIA's reputation. Unofficially, 
He has been sent to interview her because they have received credible information that she may be a mole within the agency. He needs to determine whether or not she is that mole, and if he decides that yes, she is, he is going to assassinate her. I know that sounds very spoilery, but that's literally the first six minutes of the movie. Yeah. This very long dinner is punctuated with flashbacks as they both walk through the events of that day. What happened? Who was where? Who did what and why? And this is kind of a, a throwback to old-fashioned adult spy movies. There's no explosions. There's no car chases or fist fights. These are people talking about tradecraft and interrogating one another and trying to determine motive. What are your all's opinions of it? This is a solid suspense thriller. Uh, it was engaged the entire time, and the cast is is quite good in this. What I was impressed by is that the script is very well written, despite jumping over time. Right, We see this in three different time periods, sometimes four. And I never felt lost, despite the twists and turns that are placed before you, where you're not getting the full information or getting someone's point of view and then seeing it from another point of view. And so script up, I was impressed. And you are right. This is a throwback to the more classic spycraft films that they don't really make much of anymore. Not without explosions and car chases and fight scenes like Jason Bourne. Yeah. I mean, all spy movies these days tend to fall into one of two categories. You have the Bond. Bond and Bourne, basically. <laughs> you have the Bond, the Bournes, the Mission Impossibles. You know, it's very globetrotting spies getting into adventures, car chases, blowing up villains, slayers. Uh, then you have more of the John le Carre type there thriller. There it is, yep. Uh, like Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, Spy Who Came In From The Cold. More uh, like the Pine Who Came In From The Cold. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Wait, wait, I got another one. More like Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Pine. <laughs> you you really are obsessed with Chris Pine. And that's okay. He, he's a very attractive I man. I am. You should listen to my contractor review. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best I've ever seen Chris Pine act in a movie, I think. I mean, but, I mean, it's just what, Star Trek and rom-coms? No, he's really good in Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one I, I didn't see. He, he is a solid actor. He can be an action hero guy. And when I saw this, that's what I kind of thought we were getting. But then I saw the trailer and then the film itself, of course. I'm like, oh, no, Chris Pine, the actor, showed up. And you're really getting to see uh, a lot of really good actors. Just be smart. Uh, this really is a long dinner scene. Uh, my dinner with Chris Pine. Who would it pay to see that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would go pay to have dinner uh, with Dandui Newton and feed her bits of bacon. Mm. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> But yeah, it's like TC said, the script is really smart. It takes place over different time frames. We see certain events from different people's perspectives. It doesn't give you the answers right away. And the, the crux of the story is whether or not this guy has it in him to kill this person he used to love. You can tell that he wants to find the truth, but he's also scared to know what the truth is. And that tension that runs throughout the entire film uh, really just lends to this really really effective uh, tone of paranoia that goes through the entire movie. Yeah, I feel that the tone is consistent throughout the entire thing. I felt personally that the intro was clunky because of how efficient it was introducing <laughs> everything. Like, it felt like, hey, here you are, and let's go. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who's this person? Who's that person? It, it does feel like you're dropped off in the middle of the movie. For real. For real. What this struck me as is the B-plot 
of an entire season of 24. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. That while Jack Bauer's out there literally punching and shooting bullets and getting mixed up with the villain of the season, you have all the other characters like Tony and whatnot that you would get all the intricate, twisted, inner office politics plot twistiness that you get in something like this. And I don't mean that as a knock. I love 24. But when you take away the the spectacle of something like that, even take away the spectacle of, say, the more modern and recent Mission Impossible movies, you get a whodunit, a who's guilty, who's the mole, as Marco set up here. Yeah, it really is more of a mystery than anything else. And uh, Chad's right on the money, and I think Marcos also chimed in with the exact same point. I felt the same way. Like, wait a minute, who's that guy? This guy just walked by. They're like, oh, I was talking to so-and-so. Like, well, I don't know who so-and-so is. Is he important? Am I supposed to remember? But we do find out later. You're dealing with a story between two people who know everything. They know all these people. They're not going to go, remember that guy we used to work with? No, they know exactly who they are. But the filmmakers trust you to catch up. And every time you have a question about someone or their actions, Somewhere down the line, it does get resolved. It's, this is one of those films where it has that really satisfying feeling of all of the puzzle pieces starting to fall into place. You don't get them all at the same time. You don't get them all in the same order. But by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, all of this fits. It all clicks. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you get a lot, some plot thread, red herrings that are just thrown out there that it doesn't go anywhere. This was like the perfect Lego. Everything was connected by the end of the movie. I think this might be the first like actual spy movie I've seen. Like not counting like all the action movies that we saw talked about before. So like a more of a strict spy, you know, character type story rather than let's shoot the bad guys. Yeah, there there was no um McLean coming in to save the day. This was just like really drawn out and it's like we're gonna find out who did it. You're gonna find out who did it. It's gonna unravel really slowly. <laughs> As you say, it was your first real spy movie. I'm curious, did it make you paranoid as you were watching it? Did you start thinking, is it that guy? What's that bartender looking at? What's that waitress doing? Because movies like this tend to do that to me where I start getting real suspicious of every camera angle. It's weird because that's how you're supposed to feel in a horror movie. I feel like that in every really good suspenseful movie. I've never felt that in a horror movie, actually. (laughs) You can see with the filmmaking, it it is largely subtle. I mean, I I don't want to oversell it. This is not reinventing the wheel. This is not redefining the genre. But it's playing by the rules, and it's very uh, it's very well put together. And as TC said, you can't help after a while just looking into the corners of the frame going, hey, that guy in the grocery store, is he following somebody, or is he just an innocent bystander? You know, what's up with the guy sitting at the bar by himself? It kind of puts you in that frame of mind, and then you have shots where, like, you're looking at these two people eating dinner, but the shot is just ever so slightly handheld. It looks like they're shooting it through the plants at the restaurant. You know, So it gives this idea like, hey, you're not only watching these people, you're watching somebody else watch them. You're right. This isn't reinventing the wheel, but it is playing in the genre really, really well. Chad and I reviewed another Chris Pine movie that called The Contractor, which is a military thriller, and it checks off all the boxes like it was a Mad Lib script. And that <laughs> feels hollow. There's nothing to take away from it. But something like this, which takes that checklist and lovingly checks that list off, you get a better crafted film. This does feel like a really good classic spy 
suspense movie. So it's not um it's not doing something new. It's just playing all the greatest hits and the, it, like because it was it's really well put together. Yeah, this is a great cover band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean i wouldn't even say playing the greatest hits it's just like you have a band that works in a certain genre and it plays great examples of that genre and that's what this movie does it's it's smart it's effective it's not trying to fool you but it's not giving you all the answers either and when you do finally get to the end like marcos said there's not a bunch of red herrings here there's not a bunch of like ah gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that doesn't mean there aren't twists and turns but at no point did I ever feel like, well, that's bullshit. This makes zero yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's motivated. Everything has a reason. There's, I, I can't see any loose ends that weren't tied up, which is like, would be the most annoying thing in a spy movie. Cause like that, that's the one type of movie that you want everything to connect. You know, I don't know. I've seen enough diehards where not everything connects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at some point you run out of story, so you just have to punch your way into the next scene. And here they really don't have that luxury. Every piece of the puzzle that comes is usually accompanied by a lengthy dialogue scene. And there's a couple of moments where I thought, wait a minute, I think they slipped there. But no, I second guessed them and those slips were intentional. It's one of those movies that I almost feel bad reviewing because as a critic, I'm just there going... I'm waiting for you to fuck up. (laughs) This is going too well. I expect something to go wrong. When are you going to disappoint me? And honestly, if I had any even minor disappointment, it lacks that thing that I do love in a lot of those great Le Carre thrillers, is that really sharp writing. These great turns of phrases, these smart dialogue, this kind of invented spy speak. Here it feels more realistic, but I think that also kind of flattens the drama a little bit i mean i kind of i kind of like that they were just plainly talking i understand where you're coming from that it was like that would be a, a smarter better movie but this was about a dude that's really conflicted about everything that's going on kind of thing so it's like he's not going to be witty of yeah. no that's that's valid and they're also talking about something really terrible i mean we were kind of skipping the fact that a bunch of people died. Yeah, the investigation of this is about a flight that was hijacked, and the end result of that was not good. And this case has been cold for eight years, and now they've dusted off with further need to investigate, and that's where Chris Pine's investigation begins. Once they get that new information about the mole, yeah, they have to look into it, and you find out that everybody work on that case is, is haunted by it. And mm-hmm. when we meet the Thandui Newton character, uh, she's been out like eight years ago. This horrible thing happened, and she was in the job that she thought was like the job she always wanted. But once that happened, she just she leaves her boyfriend, Chris Pine. She leaves the agency. She moves to California, gets married, has a couple of kids, and is just trying to live a normal life. And then suddenly this guy from her past just shows up and says, hey, <laughs> let's go have dinner. And uh, you know, I have some questions. I just have some questions. Uh, we both know that we're, it's not going to get anywhere. I just have to check off the box. I just have to say that I talked to you. And really, you, you, you think that he would be the worst person to pick because of his emotional attachment. However, uh, his boss, played by Lawrence Fishburne, seems to be of the opinion that actually if anybody would know when she's lying, it would be you. Uh, I don't know if that's best practices, to have someone who is so emotionally engaged 
uh, with that individual and is trying to catch them in a lie. But on the other hand, that's where the drama comes from, because whatever happens, he has to make a decision that night. No, it's definitely actually not what you would do in the case, but I mean, then we wouldn't have a movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, all of my nitpicks are exactly that. They're nitpicks. With the movie being a suspense thriller, with it being a mystery, we can't talk too far into the plot and into the character moves as we see the pawns and the knights and the bishops slowly move across the board. We get too into that, and then we start tipping the hand of what this movie does for itself. Rather than run the risk of going into spoilers ourselves, I think we should roll into our final thoughts. Chad, kick it off, please. TC mentioned earlier that uh, we reviewed The Contractor, another Chris Pine film. I think they, these both these movies were released the same week, so that was a little weird. <laughs> I did a two-day double feature with both of these. I didn't mind The Contractor. Thought it was pretty good. It's a very basic military porn type movie, but Chris Pine is good in it. And then I got to this one, and like I said earlier, I was kind of taken aback by how abrupt the beginning was. Like, I felt offended that the movie thought I was smart enough to know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> How dare you treat me with intelligence? Yeah, you're supposed to treat me like a moron, movie. That's what the other Chris Pine movie did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and ironically, you know, TC talked about 24 and Kiefer Sutherland was in the last movie. But anyways, uh, so yeah, it, it at first I was kind of like, I tripped into the beginning. And I was like, ah, th- man, this is going to suck because... Spy thrillers are normally slow and blah, blah, blah. But no, I I was engaged the entire movie. The cast was amazing. Uh, you know, Bucharest looks fun. Would love to visit that place. <laughs> I, I really don't have anything bad to say about this. Like everybody has said, it's just a really good spy movie, which is hard to come by. And I'm I, I like my Bonds. I like my Borns. I like my shoot 'em ups and you know, shooting a handgun that has limited bullets in it. Uh, but it's nice to actually have a movie that makes me think along with the protagonist and, you know, the auxiliary auxiliary characters to kind of figure out what this mystery is. So I had a really good time with this. I'm probably going to recommend it to anybody over the age of 50. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the thing. Cause like spy thrillers are normally like, you, you know, your, your Clancy's and your Grisham's and, you know, feels like it's always a, a specific uh, crowd that likes these, but I don't know. They're, they're really fun to digest. And I had a good time with this and the, the ending's worth it. it, it it's, I had, it had me in the, hurt me in the feels. I was emotional and yeah, I'm going to give all the old knives 127 instances where they said flight 127 out of 130 if that makes any sense at all i followed i was told there would be no math (laughs) (laughs) but you know hey uh kudos to you for coming up with an interesting and novel rating system it it really does feel like they say 127 over and over we will all be adopting to that system soon (laughs) yeah from now on, listeners, expect I give this 348 gruptas out of 412. Yeah. Two random numbers and a made-up word I pulled up out of nowhere. But moving on, Marcos, your mission, should you accept it, is to give us your final thoughts. Check out this movie as long as you don't mind a movie that's slow. Like I, Chad is right that if you lo- if you are used to faster paced movies. This isn't for you, but I love this. This was a great like ride from start to finish, and the ending does gut punch you a lot. Um, we didn't get into detail of it because we can't, <laughs> but 
it is a it is a really really good ending. I'm gonna give it eight out of ten spy kills. I don't know. That'll be fine. <laughs> TC, who may or may not be the traitor amongst us, <laughs> tell us what your final thoughts are, and please know that this is being recorded for the record. Oh, oh okay. Well, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say anything inappropriate or uh, anything that would might get me in alleged trouble. <clears throat> I took a course in college called Spies and Terrorists in Fiction. It was a really cool class. We would read novels like John le Carre stories from Russia with Love, and then we would watch the movies that they were adapted into, and we would discuss the narrative strengths and weaknesses while also considering the real-world implications of the decade or so that the book was written in versus when the movie came out. And this movie would have been perfect for that class. It's a slow suspense spy thriller that never goes full born identity super spy fiction. I recommend this for the lovers of classic spy works, as we've been discussing here. Not the explosions and the gung fu of Bond derivatives. No, this is a smart movie. And I really like Chris Pine. I know you guys joked earlier, but I think he is immensely talented. And I said this in the contractor review. I don't think he's ever truly been given a chance to show just how good he can be. He shouldn't be the lesser of the Chris's in Hollywood. He acts his ass off every time. Trek wasted him by not having enough trust in the Star Trek films. He's capable of pretty much everything that he does on screen. He never phones it in, but somehow he's never truly placed himself as one of the greats. And I'm just saying, give this guy a franchise. He'd be great. My recommendation, he could be Cyclops or he could be Roland if you want to try the Dark Tower again. Anyhow. Solid, solid script. Solid cast across the board. This is cool. This is intelligent and mature, and it's not a blowing crap up spy movie. This is a drama that builds and builds its tension, and it starts making you paranoid as you're watching it. I was in the mood for something smart like this, and I'm glad I got it. This was not incredible. It wasn't reinventing the genre, but it stayed solidly in the pocket of where it should be, and I'm giving this... Eight out of ten wigs that aren't fooling anyone into making us think they look any younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a big budget movie. I mean, you know, they, they did the best with what they had. Oh, my wig dar was going off immediately like, no, no, it, no. <laughs> it looked like they took it off the freaking uh, mop handle. Like, and just like, there you go, Chris, you're young again. Luckily, I was just looking into all their dreamy eyes and trying to ignore their hairline. <laughs> You know, he's got the floppy hair. He's got that scarf that looks like he just <laughs> threw it on. But, you know, it took someone like 10 minutes to get it to look <laughs> just right. Yeah, this is really kind of classy. We've all said it's smart, but it's not in a hurry. It's And it's good that it's not in a hurry because it gives you the time to piece together the mystery along with the protagonist. It, it's always great to be rewarded for paying attention. Some movies you pay attention and there's no payoff. Here, it's like, hey, follow along with us. Keep up. If you pick up on all the clues and you put it together before we do, cool. But by the end, you're going to be satisfied. Kind of going off of what TC was saying regarding how every uh, genre film ends up reflecting the era in which this was written. Despite opening with a terrorist uh, hijacking, this is actually not terribly political i think it's much more of a personal mm. story but i did really appreciate the real world elements in here we're told it happens in 2012 if they follow up in 2020 
they reference Angela Merkel because she was the Chancellor of Germany at the time, and you would want these leaders to be aware of what's going on. Even when they leap forward into the 2020 and they're in other people's offices, you can see they have like the Obama portrait in the CIA office. Usually in a lot of movies, they just, they never mention who the leaders are. It's all very vague. The bad guys are from some made up, you know, they're from Bullshitistan, you know. <laughs> Everything feels like it's a real place with real people and they make references to real world events. That, I think, really grounds the story in the present day and just gives it a lot more impact. Uh, I was very pleased with this. Like I said, it, it's not going to be something I'm going to rate super high just because of the nitpicks and because it's not doing anything breathtakingly original. But goddamn, it just does it so well. This is definitely worth checking out if you get an opportunity. I'm glad you guys liked it because I liked it too. I am going to give this... Eight out of ten pieces of bacon I'm feeding to ten day we knew it in on our dinner date. Mm-mm-mm. Because who would <laughs> want to do that? You said you weren't going to rate it as high as us. I think you're the mole. <laughs> oh. We got him, guys. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> He's found me out. Bring him in, boys. Hold on while I rip off this fake mustache and run out the door. <laughs> <laughs>